This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. This afternoon, despite Jurgen Klopp's side having a week off for the international break, it'll still be all eyes on Anfield. That's as Vicky Jepsen's Liverpool play Everton in the first Merseyside derby of the WSL season, with both sides in need of the points, albeit for quite differing reasons. I'm Guy Clark, and here on Blood Red, ahead of this afternoon's WSL derby at Anfield, we're going to focus in on all things women's football. We'll hear from the aforementioned Liverpool boss, Vicky Jepsen, Courtney Sweetman-Kirk and Missy Bowe-Cairns ahead of the huge game for the WSL calendar. Joining me to preview the game and much more besides is Catherine Batty. Catherine, thanks for your time. How are you? I'm good, thank you, Guy. And I suppose it's a uh, it's a game that everyone's looking forward to. Definitely, yeah. It's, it's a huge game for the city. Um, we've seen a few of these showcase fixtures um, in different parts of the country, but but now it's Liverpool's turn and, and hopefully we get a big crowd. Yeah, it seems to be something that's been quite strategic almost by the FA to piece these together because after the Women's World Cup, there was a lot of talk, obviously, of how to ride the crest of the wave and keep the momentum in the women's game. And there was talk sort of if it could be the first weekend if everyone played at the stadium grounds or whatever. But it does seem to have been quite a measured approach that actually piecing it through the season is probably a better way of doing it. Yeah, and it's, it's been up to the clubs as well. And I think finding the right fixture, a few of them did go for the first game um, of, of, the, of the season. But I think for Liverpool and Everton, it was always going to be pick those games when they're playing against each other that's that's when you can maximise the crowd and, and hopefully it works at, at Anfield today And just an introduction to yourself to the listenership obviously you're here at, at the Echo and basically the remit being watching the women's sides Yeah I've, I've watched women's football for quite a while um, I've been going to see the England team for, for a few years before um, before we had Phil Neville and before we had Mark Sampson when we were still managed by Hope Powell and, and there was sort of less interest so it's been quite interesting for me to see them develop into it, not just a, more people being interested but a team that can actually compete with the likes of the USA now so, so that's been good for me as well um, but yeah I've enjoyed watching both Liverpool and Everton this season um, Everton have done a lot better than, than Liverpool in the games that I've watched um, but hopefully today it should be um, we'll get the rivalry of the Merseyside derby and hopefully we'll see a great game and that's the thing whether it be the men's or the women's football I remember myself um, when I was at university going and covering a fair bit of women's football and even the Merseyside derby there's that needle there definitely and um, we saw last season Liverpool were, were doing better than Everton but the games were close you know it, sometimes form goes out the window in a Merseyside derby you see it in men's football and you'll, you'll see it in women's as well and, and you've got that competitive edge so we'll paint a picture then if anyone listening might even just want to get up on their on their phone or tablet or whatever the league table but looking at the league table at the moment for the Reds doesn't make too good reading it's it's been difficult for them um they didn't spend a lot of money in the summer compared to other clubs um so they are at a disadvantage Everton didn't spend much either but they've had a difficult run um they've struggled to score goals the only goal they've scored in the league was a penalty in the draw against Bristol City um, they thrashed Coventry in one of the Cup, Continental Cup games but lost the other two to, to teams in a division below so it has been difficult and um, it, it's been a testing start for Vicky Jepsen so there is a little bit of pressure on them today to, to make sure they get that first win of the season And is there a feeling in the women's game that not just obviously how well the World Cup went for Phil Neville's Lionesses but actually the whole WSL setup now that financially the teams are beginning to dip their hands in their pockets. Obviously Chelsea making a big acquisition this week when quite often the last few years we've seen players moving to Barcelona, Juventus and 
most notably Leon, probably. Yeah, well, that was a huge statement by Chelsea to, to get Sam Kerr in. Um, I think she was a top scorer in America for last season. So, so that's huge for them. And it just kind of shows you the difference between the clubs competing at the top and the clubs competing at the bottom. Um, for Liverpool... They brought in Melissa Lawley from from Manchester City, um, and she's probably been one of their best players this season. But it, it's difficult if you've not got the money to spend. Um, you're always going to struggle to compete with the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester City, and um, there has been a gap there between Merseyside clubs and and the likes of Manchester's and and, and your London teams. And we have seen players leave the likes of Liverpool and Everton in recent years. I mean, I think it was Alex Greenwood left. I think she was at Liverpool at the time um, to drop down division and, and go and play for Manchester United. And we've seen obviously Tony Duggan and, and Nikita Paris both left Everton to go to Man City and then on to, on to um, Leon and, and Tony Duggan went and played in Spain. So it has been difficult for them to keep hold of their best players over the years. But hopefully now, um, following on from this game, if they can build a bit of momentum, I've got high hopes for Everton. I'm hoping if they can keep the likes of Chloe Kelly and develop them, then maybe we won't see the best players leave the area. And obviously the game's gone through different sort of avenues and approaches to try and build on sort of casual supporters getting involved and staying involved in watching the women's game. And for years it was a winter league, then it moved to a summer league, but we're now in the third year back in the winter league. And it does seem as though the summer league served a purpose for the time, but the time was right now to move back in line with a winter season. Yeah, definitely. I mean... You're always going to get perhaps more people coming to watch in in the summer when there's no men's football on. But if you want a professional standard, you can't you can't be playing in in those conditions. You've got teams having to go and play on on three G pitches because the the stadiums aren't suitable during that time in the summer. And yeah, because if you want that professional standard, you have to sort of be in the traditional football season. So I think now a lot of the games are taking place on a Sunday when when the majority of teams aren't um, aren't playing on a Saturday. Uh, aren't playing. The only the only difficulty is um, a lot of the women's amateur fixtures take place on a Sunday, so you perhaps lose the crowd that way. There's I don't think there's a perfect recipe for it, but I don't think it could have continued being a summer league. And you mentioned, obviously, that and the professional element to it. During the summer league time, both Everton and Liverpool were playing at Widnes on the plastic pitch at the time. But now, aside from, obviously, this game, Liverpool playing at Prenton Park, which is, by all intents and purposes, Tramir Rovers' home ground, a professional setup there. Yeah, it is. And um, I know they've got a little section um, that they've kind of made their own home there with, with Liverpool and um, they play you'll never walk alone when they come out. The, the only downside of that is it, it's a little bit further out for, for fans to go and watch. Um, you have to make that bit of extra effort to go for, across the tunnel. And um, a lot of the games kick off at half 12 in the morning. So it does make it a little bit more difficult. You've got Everton out at Southport as well, which is, again, not particularly accessible. But they are hopefully moving, I think, back to Walton Hall Park, where they have played in the past. But uh, it's been redeveloped. But I think that's been sort of put back until perhaps the new year now. But... Like yeah, Prenton Park is is a professional. It's a professional ground. It's just a shame when you see it not very full. And hopefully yeah. now, off the back of this fixture, you'll get more people going there. Well, the aim obviously playing Anfield is to try and boost the uh, number and retain a fair amount of the crowd who will be going to Anfield. And the uh, Liverpool manager Vicky Jepson has been speaking of the significance of playing this fixture at Anfield. For us, it's about showcasing the women's game, a fantastic stadium for both us and Everton, and inspiring the next generation to come and watch our role models on this pitch. 
bit of difficult start for you. Um, have you been able to kind of pinpoint things to work on and then things that you're looking to improve on ahead of this Everton game? Oh, absolutely. Every yeah. every game, if we fall short, we always reflect on what actually did go well for us because that's important for females that we reassure ourselves that we're working in the right direction, but also where we're falling short marginally because we're not losing massive. It's 1-0, 2-0, so they're easy things that we need to fix. Um, and it will take time. We have an intelligent bunch of girls, one that is very close together. Um, there's been no finger pointing, there's no splinters in the group. We're very much together and we are looking forward to coming here and showcasing what we're about against Everton. Will we see any Jurgen Klopp style celebrations if, if you get the win on Sunday? Absolutely, I'll be running on the pitch. From Vicky Jepson there, speaking to Catherine ahead of the game and speaking there of the Jurgen Klopp celebrations, but the aim, I think if Liverpool get a win by any means, she'll probably be celebrating it like Jurgen Klopp did. Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, when, when they got a draw against Bristol City, they were 1-0 down, they came back to equalise and they had a couple of chances at the end and I could see her sort of getting quite excited and after the game she said, oh, if we'd won, I'd have, been, I'd have been on the pitch. And I think that kind of just shows not just how much it means to her, but also the frustration she's probably felt of, of watching a team going down 1-0, 2-0, not just to teams in the same division, but to teams in a division below, knowing that a side can probably play better, um, but they've just not had the, the, the look of the draw. Now, looking at the, the results, just scrolling through them here, and you mentioned before there's been one league goal, that penalty against Bristol City, as you just spoke about there, but it, it looked, and I, I suppose they were hoping, that it would be a springboard after beating Coventry in the uh, the cup game 5-1 but since then 2-0 defeats to Birmingham and Aston Villa as well Aston Villa obviously another uh, cup game there as well but I suppose it's just a frustration they can't really seem to build on things at the moment yeah and I think um, it was Kirsty Linnett scored a hat-trick against Coventry but I'm not sure if she's started the game since and we have seen a rotation in the strikers and it was Courtney Sweetman-Kirk I think was was probably their match winner last season she's not scored yet in the league um, I know she'll be desperate to score against her former club um, today but she's it's just not quite clicked for her this season and, and that's that's my issue for Liverpool I, I'm not sure I see a match winner in their squad at the minute we've got players that can potentially be a match winner um, Rinzola Babajide um, she's got she's a very very quick player but it's just sometimes the final the final cross or the final shot isn't always there Melissa Lawley you're kind of looking at her as, as, as being your influential player to go and try and create something but she can't do it all by herself and and that has just been the problem I think being clinical in the final third and but Vicky Jepson will know that and, and, and hopefully today we, we see a bit more of a clinical edge from Liverpool has that been the understanding then coming into the season that obviously last year Liverpool finished sort of lower reaches of, of mid-table this year it's not got off to a good start I don't think probably anyone would be hoping that there wouldn't be a win this at this stage of the season but a case of there are players in that squad who need time to develop yeah it's, it's a young squad um, it's, it's, it's but they have got experienced players in there as well you've got Sophie Bradley Auckland the captain who's played for she played in the great uh, Britain team in 2012 you've got Jess Clark who's been around for a long time so there are there is experience in there but I think it's it's getting the right mix of, of that youth and that experience and, and getting them to play together and, and it's just not clicking for some reason whatever reason it is it's just not clicking and they're not quite being clinical and that's that's the difference So from your point of view it, it, there's a feeling that the talent's obviously there within the group but at the moment whether it be luck whether it just be the jigs are not quite fitting together, just something not quite right. But obviously, Vicky Jepson will be hoping that things do begin to click. And this might be the game. We often see it in many football uh, teams and leagues and everything that 
you get that one win in a game that means a lot. Derby form, uh, sorry, form goes out the window in a derby as the cliche goes, but it might be the springboard that Liverpool need. Definitely. If they, if they were to get three points today, he could kickstart their season. And um, that's the thing for Vicky Jepsen. And I know it's been frustrating for her, but she'll know as well how important this game is. But then again, you don't want to put too much importance on it because if you don't get a positive result, you've then got to pick yourselves up again. And um, they do seem to be a tight-knit bunch, Liverpool. Every time I've, I've watched them and I've, I've gone down to interview players, they seem to be really together. They seem to all get on very well. Um, so hopefully it's just a case of that confidence in, in on the pitch and, and, and taking that forward. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. We'll get into the significance of playing at Anfield a bit more, but before we do that, we'll just hear from Missy Bocairns just on how much excitement she has for playing at Anfield. Dreamed about it and it's what I've always wanted to do, so to be getting the opportunity, I really can't wait. Uh, I spoke to Jamie Carragher a few weeks ago, he said he knew you quite well. Um, how, how do you know him? Um, goes to the gym with my dad, so <laughs> in my off-season when I'm there, I go and train with them, supportive with me. It's, um, it's a big occasion for, for obviously like young girls coming to watch this game, I'm sure you probably came here as an aspiring footballer yourself. Uh, now you've got a chance to, to play a game here. How important is it for those young girls coming here to watch and see that it's a realistic dream? I think it's important as when I come to watch the men, you see young girls coming and watching the men, so for them to be getting the chance to also watch the women here, I think it's a great experience for them and for what they want to do when they're older. They might all be dreaming to play here themselves, so it's something for them to look up to. You've obviously been down for the media day earlier this week. Spoke to Missy there and she was obviously very excited to be playing at Anfield but it is that excitement and as she says there I mean she's she's a young girl herself I suppose the whole allure of the media day and everything that you, you've been down to is different for these girls because they're not often I suppose used to such exposure yeah definitely and, I th- and Missy's very young as well she's only 18 um, so she's only just sort of on the cusp of the first team really so I think for her as well being a Liverpool fan and, and growing up in and around the city it's, it's a dream come true for those kind of players and they're not they're not used to, to the, the media focus being on them um, they're not used to cameras in the face all the time like like the men are but it is becoming more common I think they now have to sort of teach players how, how to deal with the media so it's something that's progressing more and we are seeing a lot more of it yeah it's great to see the coverage that's being dedicated to it and read a piece that you'd written for the echo in mentioning uh, Karen Kearney and just uh, how much of a dream it was for young boys to always play at Wembley I remember growing up myself playing on the school playground always saying oh yeah I wanted to score in the FA Cup final at Wembley but for girls, that wasn't the dream. It was the city ground for the FA Cup final and, and things like this. But now, that does seem to be the reality. Yeah, now now it is possible young girls can look at that and say, that could be me in you know 10 years, 15 years' time. Uh, when I was growing up, I, I, we didn't really have that. We kind of hoped maybe it would happen and we thought, you know, maybe one day we'll see it. But we, we, we didn't actually have examples in front of us. And now you've not only got the national team, but you've got club teams playing at, at big stadiums as well, which is, is great to see. And it'd be easy to rule it off as tokenism of, oh, right, it's the snowflake generation. It, equality dictates that women have to play at the same place as men. But we've seen quite equally and quite fairly that the women, certainly the national team, are selling out Wembley. They've, they've no problem with getting 70 plus thousand supporters in the door. Well, definitely, and I think it was the same crowd last night for the men's team. It was it was the same. So, um, the, you know, there is an interest there, um, despite what some people might say. People are interested; they do want to see it. 
Um, and you're seeing that now at club football. It, it took a while. For for a while, it was it was just the national team that that could attract the more people to go and watch, and people would then sustain their interest and go and watch their club teams. And that's where we've had a problem in the past. But now we are seeing attendances are up across across the board, which which is fantastic. And I mean, we're expecting sort of upwards of tens tens of thousands of supporters at Anfield later on today for the game and I suppose that does speak of the testament it's not commonplace in club football so don't expect Anfield to be sold out as Wembley has been for the national team but there is a significant increase in numbers expected it's it's small steps I think um, both both Merseyside clubs have a long way to go in terms of catching up with, with the rest of the division and I think one, one thing I've noticed this week um, I was in London for the for the England game, and I saw a lot of advertisements of of the North London derby, which is also happening today. Um, Spurs against Arsenal, and every every underground station that you went to, there was a, there was an advert there. I've not really seen much in the city, I have to say, of of saying that this game is happening today between Liverpool and Everton, and it's such an easy thing to do. It doesn't take sort of much to to just put kind of posters up around the city. Because you've got that reach on social media and, and that's where you find a lot of people. But sometimes you need to branch out a little bit more as well. Um, but but like I say, it's small steps. And the fact that we've got this game is is fantastic in itself. It's just about kind of growing it and looking at maybe what other clubs are doing. Chelsea are very good at promoting the women's game. Um, the, I know Liverpool have gone out into schools um, and that's what Chelsea do quite a lot. And it's just kind of growing that even more and thinking, right, how can we target people? How can we get people to come and watch us every week and not just for a one-off occasion? And like you say, there were the posters, almost like a subliminal kind of advertising, as it were, of if there are posters around the city that people might not be directly looking at them, but the faces become more and more recognisable because out the corner of their eye, they may have seen it, not really understand where, but it does just grow the presence, I suppose, of the game. Yeah, and, and, and like we say, young girls walking around and saying, oh, there's, you know, there's Sophie Bradley or, or whoever it is for Liverpool or, or Everton on, on a poster and thinking, you know, that, that could be me. And seeing that, having that visible presence and seeing them as role models um, in the city would, I think, benefit people. And there seems to be a real excitement, not just from Missy that we heard from there, but saw a post on Twitter uh, earlier in the week from Neve Charles about how when she went to her first game, as a Liverpool fan at Anfield and for her first stadium tour and now she gets to play at the stadium. Yeah, it's a fantastic story and I think that's things like that in a women's game um, are really nice to see because it, it, now you'll have young girls going doing the same thing, going on a stadium tour and knowing that there is a, a feasible chance of them doing it. When, when Neve Charles went on that tour, she probably thought, I'll never get a chance to play here. But now now it is possible and it, it's great to see and, and actually I think Neve Charles is, um, I'm hoping she starts on... Um, in today's game just because I think she she has the potential to unlock Everton's defence I've seen it a couple of times in the past so um, if she was to score at Anfield it'd be even you know even a better story and will we best get into the game and just before we give our two pence worth on the game we'll hear from Courtney Sweetman-Kirk because she of course is a former Everton striker she's been leading the line for Liverpool this season and she's been speaking to Catherine ahead of the match Is it something yet yeah, that you're going to be sort of walking out on this pitch? Um, yeah, I think I came to the Man City game Sunday, so I think that was the big one, sitting, um, watching that and thinking, hopefully next Sunday, if I'm in, in the team, that'll be me. So we're all really excited. I think it's something that's been bubbling around for a while, but to actually obviously get it signed off and, and confirmed is, is massive for the club. What, what's the preparation like for a game like this? Because obviously it's an important league game as well in terms of looking at the table between yourselves and Everton, um, but there is going to be a big occasion. How do you manage that as a team? I think it's not 
taking you know the game for more than what it is. Obviously, everyone's excited, but the prep's not changed. Um, the prep's still exactly the same, and I think that's what we need to. If, if you you know make too much of it, um, I think it will take it out of proportion. Obviously, we're all very excited, but at the end of the day, it's still a league game. It's still three points up for grabs, and it's still eleven v eleven. You've had a, a tricky start to the season. Uh, what, what, what's the confidence like in the team? How, how are you hoping to bounce back? Um, I think, to be fair, confidence is high. I think we're looking at the results, and we know that. You know the one nil, two one stuff like that. So we know if you know we've been unlucky at times, and if, if a goal had gone in one way or, or not the other, then we, we're quite confident that you know we've got a process, um, and we know that we're better than our results showing. And, and you know at some point they, that we will come good. How, how big is it to have a Merseyside derby here against Everton? Because I know you used to you used to play for Everton yourself. So will, will that be a bit strange for you? Um, no, I think you know I've been here for this is my second season now, so I'm used to playing Everton. Um, got a lot of respect for them, but obviously playing a derby um, on this beautiful pitch will be absolutely incredible and, and just you know befitting the occasion because it is is a massive game for not just for us but for the city and it's all the way up from under eights to to men's. Everyone loves it, so it'll be a big day. Courtney Sweetman-Kirk there talking with Catherine and I suppose for her, she mentioned it there, ex-Everton, there must be a bit extra on the game for her, as much as she probably doesn't want to admit it. <laughs> Definitely as well. And I was saying, obviously, she's not scored yet this season. So for her to get her first goal against Everton, I think would be would be great for her. I'm sure that's that's her aim for today. But yeah, it's, it's always a little bit... Um, how, how to dis, how to say is um, the rivalry between Liverpool and Everton. It reminds me of when obviously Nick Barnby switched Everton for Liverpool. It's kind of a similar situation, but you, you probably don't get you don't really get booze in women's football, so you're not going to ha- have her Everton fans kind of like on her back or anything like that. But but maybe some of the players she used to play with there might be a few words in the ear here and there. You don't know. And she mentioned being at the City game. She's probably not in for well, obviously she's a home player, but she's not in for a Raheem Sterling kind of reception from the away supporters uh, later today but she does wear the number nine she is one of the focal points 28 years of age she's probably one of the more experienced players in the prime years of her career been in the WSL for for quite a while and I suppose she must sort of carry that burden of expectation of scoring the goals that so far haven't been flowing definitely and I think there probably is a little bit of pressure looking at Liverpool's position in the table and the fact that they are struggling for goals and she is you know your number nine as you say the player that scored the most last season and and other players will be looking to her and thinking you know go and find us a goal but it's not just it's not just down to her she's she's got to uh, have the supply you know um, that's been part of the problem for Liverpool as well it's not just been finishing chances it's been creating them as well so it is very much a team effort but hopefully she gets a goal today yeah, it would be great to see that. A word on the opposition then, Everton. We have, through the pod, sort of there hinted away at how they're doing. Three wins from five games for them. They're in fifth place at the moment and only four points off the leaders, Chelsea. I take it that's probably not a, a realistic aim for them, but it's an encouraging start. Definitely, compared to how they did last season. Uh, they only won three games in the whole of last season, so they've already matched that. And, and Willie Kirk, I have to say, he's done a fantastic job there. Um, he's very well well thought of in the women's game. Uh, he came in, in in December 2018. His, his first game, actually, was a 2-1 win over Liverpool in the Cup. So that's kind of a nice nice kind of like story of how they've developed since then. And and they've got much a lot of potential. It's a young squad. Um, if they can keep them together, I, I genuinely do think in a couple of years' time, not, not this season, but in a couple of years' time, we could see them challenging. But they have to keep the squad together. They can't lose players to other clubs like they have done in the past. Is that one of the big problems for both the Merseyside clubs? Because I remember when FSG had first come in to Liverpool and the women's team were successful at the time, won two... WSLs in a row and it seemed as though they might be 
basically how Man City have gone and been a side to really dominate the women's game. It, it's not obviously followed on from that, but you mentioned before Nikita Paris and Tony Duggan both leaving Everton. It gets you. You get the feeling that there are a lot of scousers in in both of these teams. Obviously, we've we've heard from Missy and mentioned about Neve as well, and how much it means to them to play for the clubs. But at the moment, these clubs probably can't match the ambitions they have as players. But if they can keep them, they might be able to push on. Allah, how the two men's teams do. Definitely, and uh, I was speaking to Sue Smith recently, and, and she's obviously from the area. She played for Tranmere, and she said when she left there, it was one of the hardest decisions she had to make because she had to do it for a career. Um, and and she was sort of saying to me, you know, football is what we do in Merseyside. You know, it's it's our culture. And if if they could have stayed there, I'm sure they would have done. Um, but you've got to move on. You've got to you know be a bit selfish sometimes in football and think of your own development. If you want to be playing international standard, you've got to be playing for the best teams uh, and playing regularly as well. Um, but I, I am hopeful that both clubs can can progress and keep keep those players because that that's definitely going to be important for them, um, especially for Everton who've got a young squad and, and a young squad with potential as well. I wouldn't ask you for a prediction because no one ever comes out on the right side with them and they don't quite work for people. But in terms of the game, what are you expecting to see this afternoon and, and which side do you think is probably more likely to, obviously Everton have had a strong start to the season, but perhaps take this game and use it as a springboard through the season? Well, I expect Liverpool to come out all firing at the start. Um, you'd expect that being sort of the home team, as you say, um, and being desperate for the result. But Everton, I've seen more evidence from them of, of being able to manage games. They've got that match winner in Chloe Kelly. And, and I think for me, it's going to be a case of can Liverpool stop her and an issue firing? Because if she is, it's going to be very difficult for Liverpool. Well, Catherine, thanks a lot for your time. Been great to uh, talk through it all, and hopefully later on in the season we'll uh, we'll be able to do this again. I hope so. Hopefully, we'll have the rematch at Goodison Park. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be a nice touch. Well, Catherine, thank you a lot for for your time. I hope you've enjoyed joining us here for our WSL Merseyside Derby preview pod here on Blood Red. Don't forget then this afternoon, Liverpool take on Everton at Anfield in the WSL. And Catherine, alongside Sam Carroll, will be on the live blog on the Echo website. So do make sure that you keep across it all right there. Thank you very much for your company. And until next time, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo.